A very warm welcome to this World Game Changers podcast, where your host, Paul D. Lowe, embraces many crucial conversations that compassionately contribute towards creating a better life and world. Paul's intention is very simple, to help get people's inspirational insights and motivational messages out into the world so others may benefit. Hello, listeners, and welcome to this World Game Changers podcast episode. Today, I am joined by a gentleman quite a few miles away. Well, I suppose that's a relative term, depending where you are in the world. For example, if he was in Australia, he wouldn't be quite a few miles away because uh, Himanshu is based in Australia. So, yeah, everything in life is relative, isn't it? We can make these statements. Anyway, without me waffling on too much, Himanshu, a very, very warm welcome to you, sir. Thank you, Paul, and thank you for giving this opportunity for this podcast. So what we thought we'd talk about today, listeners, and as you know from uh, listening to uh, many previous episodes, over 400 to be precise, these conversations can go absolutely anywhere. But we thought we'd start around the topic of come out of cruise control. Him and Chu, why did you choose? I mean, it's a fascinating um, title. Why did you choose that? Yeah, of course, actually, there are certain aspects of life. And I've seen uh, human beings, we as general, um, we sort of live uh, in a very robotic fashion, uh, though we feel that we are conscious about every action that we do from morning till night, till we hit the bed. But somehow, uh, I don't think that we, we utilize full of our capabilities, like if you talk about our senses. And let's talk about an aspect in terms of memory. Now, if I ask every single moment of what you did yesterday, you might not recollect or I might not recollect because what we don't do is we don't index our memory. Now, if you get conscious about every single moment of your life, and that would be actually interesting and that would be effective in what you're doing, we tend to actually get lost in the past or we are anxious about our future. And that's why we stop enjoying our present moment. And if we pay attention to the present moment in what we are doing, like let's say for instance, we're doing this podcast now and we pay attention, we can give our full, uh, full capability and we can uh, uh, be full attentive. But let's say if we just like, if we do something uh, every day, day in and day out, we sort of get into a cruise control mode. And that's why I <laughs> named it as cruise control because you sit back and relax and you think that it's cruising, the life is cruising. But in, in that fashion, you tend to live, uh, miss out the most uh, important aspects of life. Uh, and that's actually, uh, from my perspective, uh, we shouldn't be like that. We should pay attention to every detail of life and enjoy every moment of life. Mm. Even if that's perceived to be at the time um, unpleasant or inverted commas bad, because there is no unpleasantness or badness. There's only the perception, the way we see it. Is that a fair comment? Absolutely, yeah. From my perspective, again, so uh, depression, sadness, anxiety, these are certain things that we have coined in the recent times. If you ask our forefathers, I, I don't think people were aware. Yeah, people might have a different thought. They would think that, okay, depression did exist, but we didn't identify it. 
that's incorrect this is something we can create and if i want to be sad or depressed i can find a thousand reasons for me to be sad or depressed so this is something external from us uh, you don't find it internal to it we try to create it but happiness in other side of thing it is something internal you don't need a reason to be happy this is something inbound you're born with it and sadness is the external factors and yeah people tend to actually find out the reason create coin reasons for being upset that's my perspective one of the things i'm currently working on imanchu and we've spoke about this off air is this seven stage process from fear to love and isn't it fair to say uh, well i shouldn't presume i shouldn't uh, frame that in a way isn't it uh, fair to say let me reframe that listeners um maybe maybe just the first stage of that uh, seven stages from from fear to love is wrapped up in the story we tell ourselves and listening to you speak there image you there was that this whole thing around, you know, what story are we creating in our own mind? What belief system are we clinging to? And the big question is, is it serving us or not? Yeah. So it's actually, yeah, it depends on the thoughts that you create, the negative or the positive, and who are you feeding? Are you feeding more to your negative thoughts and then we tend to actually we are so used to it and we think that it's normal and we keep on thinking and we get to actually start thinking about negative thoughts and keeps on growing and we start feeding it and we think that it's normal and that's how we get into this cruise mode that okay if we are upset about i mean see fear is something it is created i would say danger is real fear is actually something created mm. of course fear is one of the uh, instinct I mean, it's a core core instinct that you have. You're born like love, fear. These are, I would say, these are the basic instinct. And then you start actually the emotions start digressing from there. Then you have anxiety and all those things. But fear is something that is a core for human beings or any species for that matter. Even if an animals and all they have this fear, um, fear as an uh, emotion, and it's a very strong emotion. So, but then you choose um, in, in uh, when you experience uh, something, a danger and you are scared of it. So as I was saying that fear is something intangible and something, it's like an emotional aspect of it, but danger is tangible aspect of it. So if you view in that way, um, it will be helpful. It's a bit of a chicken and egg one, isn't it? Fear and danger. Um, because when you look at what you might perceive as danger, I may or may not, and that depending on whether I do is going to determine my level of fear. So let's give an example listeners. So I don't know. I had a friend that did a lot of uh, charitable work through bungee jumping. You know, it would go up on a big building or a big crane attached to a piece of super strong um, rubber or elastic and just, jump for you know uh, yeah just watching him it's yeah anyway um now to him that was nothing that was an adrenaline rush and he was wrapped up in raising thousands of pounds for children with uh, special needs 
to me, just talking about it now is wow, no, no, never, never. And as as you know, as many of the crazy things I've done to raise money over the years, that's one thing I actually stopped short of because my perception of that was um, it was massively, massively dangerous, and that created fear within me. I mean, I'm going back in a former life now in Manchu, so it'll be interesting to see how that played out in my life now with the mindset techniques and tools I've got now. But I just use that as a simple example. Now, that's a good example. I had actually similar experience in my life. So I was in Japan and then we were in this, uh, uh, there was a, uh, um, I would say, like uh, there's a place called Fujikyu. It's the, in the foothills of Mount Fuji. So it used to have those uh, rides and I'm really scared of rides. So I have motion sickness. So I got this Japanese friend, I'm really good friend of mine. And he, he's been convincing me from past one week that, okay, it'll be okay. You can, you just live once, you got to experience that. So I reached there on that day and then people start, I mean, my friends who were with me, they started going to these rides and I was scared. I said, okay, let me skip this one. I'll go to the next one. And then finally, this guy comes to me and say, okay, you got to do me one favor. And it was really embarrassing. This is a very nice guy. So I got to do something for him. I say, yeah, what is it? Anything for you? He said, just once you got to sit for me, for my sake, you got to sit in this ride. So that ride is called Dodompa. It is. It has some Guinness Book of World Record in terms of how fast it accelerates. So I was scared. And I said, and then on the other aspect, I said, okay, I got to actually keep his word. I mean, he's a nice guy. I got to do, <laughs> he's asking me. So I was re really nervous standing in the queue, but I sit there. So it shoots off and then I was scared for the moment and it was just a couple of minutes ride and then I'm back. And then I started actually replaying uh, what went through my mind and then what I'm feeling. So you have fear. I mean, the, everybody's doing, so it's been actually, and yeah, if, if something has to happen, it will happen. So those danger elements wasn't there because it's a, of course, it's a licensed one. But then later, you when you face your fear and then you come out of it, then you have a different experience apparently. And, and that's, that's the reason I wanted to say that fear is something that we create, but danger is real, it's tangible. I mean, you evaluate your thing and then you, then you can determine whether if you're doing something or you're experiencing something, is it a real danger or is it a fear that's actually stopping you to do it? Mm. And yeah, that, that, that was one of the experiences that I had. Brings in Tom Peters' famous saying, doesn't it? Perception is all there is. Correct. Yeah, yeah we can look at those situations as individuals, listeners, and, and totally have different thoughts or feelings or experiences around it, beliefs around it. Mm, interesting. But I mean, you, you know, focusing in on this fear element, it's actually quite healthy, isn't it? If we know where it belongs in our world, it can be quite healthy if we don't let it boss us and control us. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah, you got there. Yeah, that's the main thing, actually. It shouldn't control us. And yeah, coming back to that, uh, uh, the way we're leading our life, uh, as I was saying, we got five senses. And believe me, any human who utilizes these five senses to full of its extent, they can do wonders. And... Uh, there are certain aspects and the way you, the perspective about life, um, how you look at life. And uh, I mean, you should be 
uh, grateful that that we are born as humans and we we got the capability to think and we got emotions and there are a lot of humans in the world they're doing wonders so it's beautiful to be alive and and i would say that stop existing and start living so we tend to in the cruise mode we we tend to exist rather than live our life mm. so. i want to i want to play something um I want to play an idea by you, Hamenshu. Um, I know you're a, a kind of high-level techie guy, um, at the risk of using a, <laughs> a label. Um, this thing called that we have called a mind. Now, it's all powerful, isn't it? It's very, very, very powerful. But I just offer this as a thought. I mean, it's a bit like a mobile phone or, or any computer. Isn't it true that the mind um is is like a super super duper computer we have got to know how to use it the same as we've got to know how to use a computer you know some of the modern day mobile phones that you know got gadgets on and they do all kinds of amazing things can connect us with people around the world and all these different software programs but we tend to think that the mind is bigger than us you know if the mind tells us to do the mind's the boss but the mind isn't the boss is it the mind's like a mobile phone or a computer it will only do what we tap in the keyboard for it to do if we have that awareness to know that we are the ones that can tap the keyboard the keyboard does not tap us does that make sense in manchu yeah in terms of actually we as individual uh, people actually identify themselves with this physical flesh and bone thing they identify themselves with that but but that's i mean in reality that's not true so you got somebody in you who is actually you have your flesh and bone and then you have your mind you build up your memories and emotions from the birth but there is something more powerful than more profound than it more than the body more than the mind and then uh, mind we say that okay when we say that okay mind mind is somewhere like in our brain but then uh, if we're talking about conscious or subconscious or unconscious mind there's a much difference actually it's a vast topic to talk about uh, mind itself because Uh, i can give you a few examples like if you are giving anesthesia to a person who getting operated for the duration the person is getting operated and he uh, the person is unconscious he doesn't have a sense of time when he gets up but when we sleep in the night and we get up in the morning we got a sense of time and we know that okay the night has passed so mind is a very complicated subject and it's a vast subject so th- that's the difference between actually be- getting unconscious and being subconscious and and now we say that we are conscious and i mean it's a good topic that you brought up because it it aligns with what we're talking about so to be conscious of every single moment of your life and giving your best even if uh, the experiences are unpleasant and because we tend to attach those unpleasantness or sadness or anything that we attach it with us we just need to experience it in a way that we stay um, like we we are out of it uh, because uh, because when you confuse your identity with your body emotions or the relationship that you actually tend to accumulate with you when you grow up 
that's where actually we we tend to understand and try to train ourselves to stay out of situations even if it's unpleasant though we we uh, get upset with something really unpleasant and we tend to get attached to it we need to learn and train ourselves just to be out of it and experience the way it is the situation so mm. yeah one of the things that uh, from my own journey that i've found is is this detachment from this acceptance that my mind is me and i use the phrase tail does not wag dog because i think it's very easy for our mind to become the dog and we then actually become the tail and i flip that on its head and say you know okay is your little finger you no, it's a part of me. Is your right knee you? No, it's a part of me. You know, you can you can pick on any part of the body, um, and, and the principle's the same. Okay, and so okay, well, what about your mind then? Is that you? No, but it's a part of me, and it's that understanding that it's a part of me. So by definition, that means I am greater than. I am greater than the part. And it's just that subtle breakthrough, him and you, for me that says, okay, I am not the tail. I am the dog. And the part of the tail is my mind. And I will control it and tell it when to wag, it what to do. Just as using the other metaphor is, I will type in what keys I will on my computer, on my phone. And I will tell that amazing, amazing gadgetry what to do. It will not overcome me with fear and tell me what to do. And it's just that subtle difference, isn't it? That's correct. I mean, there's a trick trick to actually control. I mean, if people can practice, uh, they can do it. Certain tricks that, uh, there are different ways that there is one trick that suppose, as you know, scientifically, our mind can think seven different things at w- in one second. Blink of an eye, you would have thought seven different things. That's the power of mind. But now to control it and to, to be a boss of your mind, um, the mind is, a, <laughs> mind is a thing, it's very uh, uh, finicky. I mean, it just keeps on running. So suppose if you're doing something, let's say for instance, you're meditating and you just keep on thinking about different things. Don't try to actually control it because the more you control, the more fickle it will be. So you can tell the mind, okay, I give you time. Do as much as you can. I'm going to wait. When you do that, human human psychology is like that if you control something if i say okay don't do that people will do that so that's how we are born and uh, genetically also we've been actually trained like that so if if something is coming to our mind and we don't want it to come we can just say that okay let it come i'm going to wait and watch so once it's done it's me then back again so slowly slowly we can progress to start controlling the way we want it to be so yeah, that's how I think um, there are certain tricks we can control it. Mm. So the other thing, Imanshu, uh, in terms of coming out of cruise control, and I want to go back to the, the metaphor of the mobile phone, the computer, this very, very, very powerful mechanism, very powerful mechanism. Now, in terms of, to use your word, tangible, yes, there is the mobile phone, yes, there is the computer, the laptop, what have you. That's tangible. But let's draw a parallel with the intangible called the mind. And for me, there's a common factor. 
they both need power source. If I pick up my mobile phone to talk to you, it's going to be great. I can talk to you maybe for an hour, maybe for two hours. And this super duper gadget called a mobile phone, it does everything but cook the breakfast. And I'm sure there's some software available that would even do that for me if I knew how to do that, uh, which I don't. I've got all I'm just typing in a, a phone number. So I know my, uh, you know, I'm comfortable with what I'm comfortable with, with that. On a lighter note, actually, Paul, there's a point. I mean, the other day I was reading, uh, I wouldn't trust technology until I could download food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so the point is, so well, I've got this this super duper modern mobile phone. And, you know, I, listeners, I can talk to him and you and I can send him videos. And, you know, we can research stuff on the Internet and all this amazing, powerful stuff. So that might last for an hour. It might last for two hours, but eventually the battery is going to become flat. We're going to run out of steam. It's going to run out of power. It then needs some power source to sustain it. Now, for me, yet again, that's a great way of saying we as humans, aren't we like mobile phones? We've got this amazing thing called a mind, called a brain. The brain for me is the hardware. The mind is the software. We've got this amazing thing that can do, oh, well, you know, history is littered with examples of what it can do, you know, sending a man to the moon, this kind of stuff, saving lives, etc., etc. So with that, isn't the principle that saying this is all great, but unless it's plugged in to a more powerful source, it's going to run out of steam. That's correct. Yeah. You got it correct. Yeah, that's a great way of putting that, Paul. Um, yeah, it requires a power source. Um, it got a, uh, it got a time. It'll work, and then it got strained out until you got to actually boost itself again. So yeah, like we take we take a nap or we sleep, and then it gets actually it starts the next day. Mm. Or. More even, even more than that. I mean, that, yeah, I think they're absolutely vital things, you know, sleep, hydration, etc. But maybe there's, um, and I'm going to use this word loosely, inverted commas, external source that some might call God, some might call spirit. That's for me is a very personal, intimate relationship. Hence, I use the umbrella term source um, because I think as I say, at the risk of, of repeating, that is the most intimate relationship of all, our, our relationship with source. Metaphysically, we believe there is something called uh, Akashic record. Every individual has an Akashic record, which talks about what's going to happen. So that's the, uh, uh, that's the belief of the metaphysical world. And every human is connected to an Akashic record, which actually plays out uh, about your life. So the other day when we were having discussion outside the podcast, um, so we were talking about um, time dilation. We were talking about uh, the experience of time and space. It's a stubborn illusion that humans have in their mind. And yeah, so, so basically uh, uh, the source that we're thinking, uh, it's already determined. It's we humans traveling in the time. Uh, time and space. So, mm. 
so that's that that's an interesting uh, perspective or spectrum uh, the metaphysical world looks at um, the way um, it is specifically about time and space so even scientifically it's sort of proven that time dilation like if you if you look at a far off star a few light years away and an alien looking at you and this planet earth if if feasible for our human eyes so that the experience of the present moment and the experience of the present moment for that alien. And you're looking at the star a few light years away, there may be a possibility that if you could teleport yourself to the star, the star may not be there. So you're looking at the past and the alien is looking at your future. So that itself actually shows time and space. It's, it's sort of an illusion that humans have created in their mind, but it's a very stubborn illusion. It's <laughs> To come out of it, it's very difficult. Uh, there are ways, though, but yeah. And that's all part of that conditioning, isn't it, um, MNSU, that, you know, basically puts us in cruise control. Exactly. I mean, uh, what we could do, basically, uh, as we humans, uh, we can attempt. And what we can attempt is, I mean, every single activity that you do from morning till night, till you hit your bed, um, let's say you're having food. And we, we sort of actually got into a habit that when we're having food, we watch TV or we play with our mobile. We sort of actually, we just, we don't, we don't experience the present moment. And if we do, I mean, if, if we're having a food if, uh, and we pay attention to that, our metabolism rate would be better than if we just don't pay attention to it. Because as you know, biologically, if you look at the food, the digestion process starts from the time you look at the food because <clears throat> your body secretes only those kind of enzymes that's required to digest that specific kind of food. But then we don't pay attention. Uh, we sort of actually, as I was saying, we are in a cruise mode. We are doing things for the sake of doing. Every day we get up and we, life has become sort of a routine. And we have stopped experiencing the beautiful moments of life. As we start to, I mean, this there's some fascinating topics that we could dive into here. Emanshu, blimey, isn't there just? Um, I want to ask you one big question to, to bring things to an end. But before I do that, I just want to invite you in, if I may, to share your contact details, how people can reach out to you, where they can find out more about you, that kind of thing. Yeah, I do have actually a professional website, though. But yeah, that has my contact details. Um, so it's himanshusahu.com. Um, so yeah, that, that has my email ID, phone number, everything. So it's sort of a professional site, though it has my contact details. Superb. And as ever, listeners, uh, him and Shu's details um, will be in the uh, in the show, and his bio will be in the show coast. Show coast? Shake it. I'll put my teeth back in and I'll start again. <laughs> show notes. Show notes. That's the word I was looking for. Show notes. Yeah, it's not difficult, Paul. Just slow down. Um, <laughs> so... Okay, so the big question then, the big question to finish off with, him and you, come out of cruise control. So I want you to imagine that we've just met in a hotel uh, reception and we are going up to the next level and the lift together, you know, and I say, oh, do you know what, him and you, it's been really nice to meet you, fascinated about some of the stuff you've spoke about, but by the time this lift gets to the next level, 30 seconds, 
when we get to that next level, I'll go left, you'll go right. We'll probably never even see each other again. But I'd love to know within that 30 seconds in traveling in that lift together, if you can just leave me with one, maybe more than one, um, insight, tip, call it what you will, about how to come out of cruise control. That would be very much appreciated. Sure, Paul. I think, in fact, I mentioned in, in this conversation itself. So it would be like stop existing and start leaving people. And do you know what, listeners, it never, ever ceases to amaze me. When I ask that question of a guest at the end, it's invariably, I always give that kind of 30-second window. The real power of those answers is nailed. It's in when she did there and what? Probably that wasn't even five seconds and it nailed it. And that tells you, for, well, tells me, you've got a powerful solution. Imanshu, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for sharing your insights. Thank you so much, Paul, for having me and giving me this opportunity. Thank you. And all that remains now, listeners, is for me to sign off by saying, as I always do, remember the world's changing. How will you respond? Thanks very much for listening to this World Game Changers podcast episode. Hopefully you found it interesting and helpful. Drop a line to paul at worldgamechangers.org with any thoughts or questions you may have, and he'll be more than happy to respond. Remember, the world is changing. How will you respond? <laughs>